Hi, this is Doug Beecham. Thank you for joining me as we continue our podcast series on the book of Hebrews. If you have not had a chance to go back and listen to some of the previous podcasts, I hope you'll do that, particularly the ones uh, that were in uh, in the month of January of, of this year, 2020. We're continuing some thoughts related to the issue of temptation that I introduced at the end of the last podcast, uh, really introduced in light of some comments made about Jesus at the end of chapter 4 of Hebrews. If you'll open your Bibles there, I want to read this again, beginning at verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I introduced that section and talked about it. Uh, and if, if you don't remember it, it might be worth your time to pause, go back and listen to uh, to the previous podcast. But I want to come back to it again because this issue of temptation, uh, th- there are two other passages of Scripture that you need to consider and bring together as we think about how we minister to people, as we think about how the Holy Spirit is ministering in our own lives. The first is in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, the Apostle Paul takes Israel's history, and this is this is really important, the connection, because if you remember, of course, in Hebrews chapter 4, the connection is back to Israel's history uh, with Kadesh Barnea. And Paul, while not uh, specifically referencing the episode of Kadesh Barnea, is, epi- is, is referencing a series of, of grumblings and complaining, all of which constitute a failure in temptation on the part of Israel uh, during the wilderness wandering. And he, he, he brings all of that together as an example to us. He uh, talks about uh, th- this issue of, of temptation and how we deal with it uh, beginning at verse 11 of 1 Corinthians 10. He says, Now all these things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the ages have come. In verse 12, Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. You and I can never be presumptive. We cannot be arrogant. Uh, we, are not, we are not nearly as strong as we think we are. We are, we are weak, we are vulnerable, and Satan tries to deceive us into thinking that, that we are we're strong in ourselves when in actuality all of that, all that is a mask that hides the reality of our condition. Then Paul says in verse 13, No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. There's good news in that. Whatever, you, whatever temptation you are experiencing in your life, whether it's of, of a moral nature, as most temptations would tend to be, or a spiritual nature of pride and arrogance, 
this, you are not the first person to experience this. In fact, we know from the book of Hebrews that Jesus experienced all temptations for all humanity. Well, he says, he says that he's saying that we're really not alone. We feel alone. We feel overwhelmed. We feel there's no one who understands, but in actuality, there is. He continues in verse 13, and he says, but God is faithful. That is, God God being faithful is not about whether or not you will experience temptation. We experience temptation. God's faithfulness is he will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we are able to, uh, to endure, to escape. But with the temptation, God will make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So God's faithfulness actually manifests itself in the reality, the psychological, spiritual, mental reality of the uh, of whatever temptation happens uh, happens to be strong in our lives, um, temptation comes where there's a place of weakness. We'll we'll look at that in in a moment when we turn to uh, the book of James. But when that temptation comes, if we if we begin to succumb to that temptation, if we begin to uh, walk in that temptation, live in that temptation, it then becomes a stronghold that can take over our lives. But it doesn't have to be that way. God is faithful. Number one, he will not allow us to be tempted more than we are able to overcome by turning to him. This is not a statement that says you got to be Superman somehow spiritually. This is a statement that says God will provide and look what the text says, a way of escape, that God will make that way, and, and that way of escape becomes the mechanism, the avenue by which we are able to bear the temptations with which we deal. And then, to get further insight on this, you go to the book of James. And in uh, James, which follows immediately after Hebrews, James gives us uh, these insights in chapter 1, and beginning in verse 12. He says, blessed is the person who endures temptation. What a, that's a beatitude. Blessed is the person who endures the temptation. He didn't say blessed is the person who's never tempted. That person doesn't exist. He says, you are blessed as you endure the temptation. For when in essence, you've endured it faithfully and you've been recognized by God as doing that. When you are approved, that person will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Then he begins to talk more specifically about the interaction of God's presence and, and the reality of, of the temptation. He says, let no one say when he's tempted, I'm tempted by God. God does not tempt us uh, to evil. God does not come and, and, tell, and tell Satan, I want this pastor, I want this follower of mine to, to be tempted with lust so that they will fall. God does not operate like that. The Bible tells us there in verse 13, God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. Now, God will test us that testing is a testing of our faith, our testing of our trust, our testing of our patience. But that's a very different thing from Satan tempting us to sin. 
Look what he says in verse 14. Each one is tempted when he's drawn away by his own desires and enticed. That is, every one of us have things that we are susceptible to, we are vulnerable to. Uh, They might have come from wounds. They might have come from uh, places of strongholds where we've uh, we've, uh, either intentionally or unintentionally have exposed ourselves to to things that create uh, inordinate desires, and we are enticed. Uh, this, this word of being enticed is a fisherman's term. The, the bait is thrown into the stream to catch that trout that's coming by, and the trout is enticed by that bait. He then says in verse 15, then when desire has conceived, that is, it starts to give birth to a plan. It gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's full grown, brings forth death. All of this is part of the the warning about temptation, but also the the good news about God's grace for us in temptation. Notice back again in in Hebrews in chapter 4, we are told that to, to let us enter into a rest, let us come boldly to the throne of grace, means we need one another. We, we find people that we can trust, that we can, we can confess our faults, our sins, one to the other. And, and we, through that, we find acceptance. We find recognition that we are not alone. We find that we can obtain mercy, and we find grace in healing, redemptive relationships. Uh, this is something important for us in the Christian community. The Christian community is not predicated on human perfection and accomplishment. The Christian community is predicated on Jesus' own holiness. Jesus' holiness is greater than any human version of holiness. Our versions of holiness become a throne of judgment rather than a throne of grace. We judge one another. We condemn one another. We circumscribe grace with demands and expectations. But we need to be very careful that we don't use the throne of grace as an example or an avenue for cheap grace. We cannot presume to continue to live willfully in sin under an expectation that our brothers and sisters will just continue to excuse us. We come to the throne of grace to find transformation. And it may take time. We may, we may find ourselves over and over again coming saying, Lord, help me. I am weak. I am vulnerable. I cannot do this by myself. But God leaves open the door to the throne of grace and it gives us hope. Well, that hope is important and it's related to Jesus as the high priest. Something we're going to come to in our next section. Uh, Our next section will be come to Hebrews chapter 5. Thanks for joining me. Look forward to having you with me in our next podcast. Mm -hmm.